Hi there, and thanks for tuning in to the Four-Eyed Radio Network. You're about to listen to another proud presentation brought to you by Revenge Lover Designs. Stand out from the crowd. For more information, visit revengelover.com and mention the podcast for 10% off of your order. Today on Ranger Command Power Hour. Good thing we're not reviewing 12 because I like legit <laughs> fell asleep halfway through it. <laughs> not not because it was boring, but because I just I was tired. <laughs> there, there's nothing boring about this season other than no. Ben and Betty getting They're tired. They're not that bad. They're, They're really not tired bad. for me. And I said in that episode that was only the second time that I've ever had to re-record for this show. The other time was when I was at your place when we were recording with Steve. I remember that time. That that was hysterical. I wouldn't... Hysterical in hindsight. <laughs> yeah, in hindsight, because I was ready to... In the moment, it was a yeah. real problem, but in hindsight, breaking womp, down like womp. that's pretty funny. Yeah, yeah. it's a big so, womp, womp. So, So what's worse, recording an entire show all over again, or that one episode where you somehow made it seem like we were all recording together, but we all recorded separately? Did that not happen? That definitely happened, didn't it? That did happen, because it was that, because I remember, because we, I recorded with you, AP, then I recorded with Zach, and I had to splice it all together. <laughs> that, that is an editing nightmare. That, yeah, that sounds terrible. <laughs> That's an editing pain in the Like, I remember doing that, and it was so... Awkward? It was a nightmare for you, like, editing-wise, oh, but it sure. was so awkward pretending like there was a third person there <laughs> And it came off pretty seamless. It did. That's like a Ranger Command fun fact. Guess yeah. which episode it was, because you're never going to find out. <laughs> I seriously, I don't even remember what episode it, it was. It, I, I don't remember what episode. I just remember doing it. And now on Ranger Command Power Hour. Ay, 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 ay. It's the Ranger Command Power Hour. Today on the Power Hour, episode 146, Rangers Review, Beast Morphers, episodes 9 through 11, recorded on October 8th, 2019. Welcome to the Ranger Command Power Hour on the Four-Eyed Radio Network. It's time to Ranger Up with your hosts, I'm Eric, also known as Trekkie B47. I'm AP, also known as Secret Ranger Fan. And I'm Zach, also known as Hollywood. This episode is brought to you by our patrons on Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash rangercommandph to learn more about supporting Ranger Command Power Hour. Thanks to our $5 and above patrons, Juan S., Steve F., Doug F., Tyler W., Eric D., Christopher M., Liz M., Craig M., Arnold O., Derek G., Teresa B., and Jacob P. for supporting us this month. Hey. 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 How was your birthday, Zach? <laughs> <laughs> Did you like uh, the birthday surprise? <laughs> that was uh that was that was something all right. You don't sound too happy. <laughs> I don't <laughs> To clarify to our listeners, yeah, Zach's birthday is really in January. Yeah, we just no, thought that it, would be fun. No, it was He really was in Florida though. I, I was really in Florida, yeah. <laughs> which yeah, uh, I went to Galaxy's Edge and just I want to live there. Can I set up shop in uh, Black Spire Outpost, please, Disney? Well, uh, we can, we'll be back, back there in a month. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we could just I, leave you there. I, I, <laughs> you're right. I mean, we're going to be there uh, beginning of next month. But yeah, no, I, I had a blast on my vacation, and I'm glad that we were able to come up with such a goofy idea for a skit for the show 
because I remember we were talking on Twitter and it was like, what are we going to do for a show? And I'm like, I know AP's secret Ranger super subtext lamp session. Subtext is I'm not there. <laughs> <laughs> and Hey, it worked out. It worked out like a charm. We got the whole band back together for real. And we got a couple things in news, a bit of gaming news. The Power Rangers Battle for the Grid Season 2 Pass is out right now. You can get the Season 2 Pass for 15 bucks on all platforms, including PC, because the PC version of the game is now out, too. And the Season Pass grants you all of the Season 2 paid content, like Anubis Doggy Kruger, Shadow Ranger, who's available now. That is so cool. I am so glad they added him to the game. Me too. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> but do you, Eric? Oh, I, I, I do. I do. He takes a bit of practice. Some of the moves, it takes a bit getting used to for his character. But once you really unlock your brain and like start to see the pieces of it all come together and you can make some really cool combos with him. And I think they did a really good job at replicating all of his moves from the show, which I really appreciated. He's awesome. He's available now, like I said. Uh, if you don't want the season pass, all of the characters are available separately for six bucks. Why do that? Just get the season pass. In October, Eric Myers, the Quantum Ranger from Power Rangers Time Force. I'm looking forward to this. Uh, this is one of the characters that is not in Legacy Wars, so I'm glad they brought him to Battle for the Grid. Yeah. I can't wait to see his moveset, so that'll be cool. And then to add a villain in there, Dai Shi from Power Rangers Jungle Fury. Mm. And that's in November. There's a new character skin for Tommy Oliver, the skin is the White Ranger, and that'll be available in October, so this month sometime. And you can get the character skin for $2 separately, or it's part of the season pass. And there's a new arena, which is available now, and that's free for everyone. It's the Space Patrol Delta base. And they did a really good job of replicating some of the stuff that we've seen from the show. So they got the whole training ground, just like in the show. They've got the big SWAT vehicle van that they use, like in the background. It's pretty sweet. Yeah, the videos I've seen online of people playing on the stage, it looks really cool. And there's a new Ultra Megazord, the Delta Squad Megazord, which is also available now and is free for everyone. And <laughs> that's really cool because when you activate it, it does the guilty and innocent flashing lights and then it'll activate an attack so it's pretty sweet that's so sweet and there's also new banners which are also available now for free you can unlock those featuring art from new characters and story mode so those are just unlockables and they've uh, spiced them up a bit and add some new ones so lots of cool stuff in the season two pass i was playing doggy i i love it it's cool and then speaking of Legacy Wars, they added Blue Centurion from Power Rangers Turbo. I was not expecting that. Yeah, no that's, one was. Nice, left field. <laughs> that's a nice surprise. <laughs> it's really funny because one of his taunts is writing parking tickets and throwing them. Oh, I love that one. I love that. I hate when people use the taunts in the game. But, like, I want people to do that. <laughs> you know? Just, like, if you're using Blue Centurion, feel free to, like, taunt me. <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, you heard it here first. You can taunt AP with that blue centurion. Oh, don't. No. I didn't make it a thing. I, I didn't make Eric, it a thing. Eric, cut that out. I didn't make, oh, I didn't make it you a thing. You just kind of ruined it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> it, like, cut the whole thing out. Hey, Pretend I never said that. <laughs> Blue Centurion. <laughs> and then, uh, if you're listening to this uh, when this episode releases, out now is Go Go Power Rangers 23 and the Psychopath graphic novel. And then you can check out our previews for those at rangercommand.com. I was able to read both of them. I think Go Go Power Rangers 23 is the best bulk and skull story that the franchise has ever given us. It's definitely a lot of fun. And the Psychopath, I thought, was good. There is some things in there that I think are going to have a lot of people talking. It is a kind of a follow-up sequel to The Trial of Astronomer, which was in last year's Shatter Grid annual. And it also goes off the show continuity. So this is pretty much a sequel. It's the most recent story for uh, Corone, Andros, the in-space rangers, and more importantly, the return of the Psycho Rangers. I will say it's very cool, but there's some things in here that I think Ranger fans, it's going to be very divisive. Interesting. Hmm. Personally, I loved it, and I would definitely support the graphic novel because this is the first non-Mighty Morphin graphic novel that we have received. And I believe uh, Daphna Plebin at the New York Comic Con panel kind of confirmed that we might be getting some more graphic novels that focus on other teams. So if you want to see more of that content, definitely check out The Psychopath, which is in stores now. All right. So we're going to do our episode review of Beast Morphers episode 9 through 11. Beast Morphers came back on September 14th and is going full stride until the end of the year as they wrap up the season. I only watched one of the international broadcasts, which was episode 14 or 15. The one where they debuted uh, the Red Fury mode, just because it was like everyone and their mother was talking about that episode, it seemed, online. Uh, Mm -hmm. So I wanted to check it out. But otherwise, I have watched these all as they've been releasing. Mm -hmm. I actually watched 10 and 11 right before we recorded this episode because I wake up like on Saturdays and it's already like 830 in the morning and I've missed Beast Morphers. (laughs) Yep. I mean, you've got me beat. I wake up on Saturdays and it's like 1130, maybe noon. (laughs) Um. (laughs) I wish I could sleep in that late on Saturdays. I I used to sleep in that late. Honestly, like the latest I sleep in is probably like not like maybe 930 on the weekends. Uh huh. Well, sometimes you you just need to sleep in. Yeah. (laughs) I wish I could sleep till. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I can't do 7 a.m. for Beast Morphers. I love this show, but hey, I got Philo. I've got that digital DVR for Beast Morphers, so uh, I'm set to watch it on a Saturday just whenever I'm ready for it. (laughs) That's Yeah, I I have it on DVR, too, and 
you know, I realized the other day when I came home, I was like, oh, I've got two episodes of Beast Morphers on my DVR I need to watch. We actually got an amazing response on our Ranger Nation answers for the return of the show. So, yeah, let's just dive in. Okay. First up, we got episode nine, which was Silver Sacrifice. When Evox's new plan targets one of their own, the Beast Morpher Rangers must band together to save them. Silver Sacrifice features the debut of the Wrecker Zord and the Jet Zord. This aired on Saturday, September 14th, but had the global premiere in France on June 12th, uh, 2019. And it was written by Alwyn Dale, Becca Barnes, and directed by Ricardo Pelizzari. With this episode, the opening credits have been changed uh, to include Abraham Rodriguez as Nate in his Ranger form. And Nate's morphing sequence also debuts in this episode. Hmm. So what'd you guys think of this one? This was an interesting one because you had more of Ben and Betty's father and he was kind of a jerk. Yeah. He was kind of a jerk early. Not, I mean, not to this degree, but there was kind of like a seriousness to him in other episodes. Like, obviously he has a soft spot for his children. Right. But even from the beginning, he seemed kind of like a hard ass. Well, I think, I mean, you know, being that he is the general, he had to display that air of authority and be, you know, I am the general and what I say goes. And, and that kind of aspect is understandable. But with this, he's just like, huh, they want the robot? Give them the robot. I don't care. Yeah. And it's like... It's- no, it's more uh-uh. than a robot, though. He has a consciousness. He's a member of the family, dude. That's why I like this episode. I really wish the hiatus didn't happen because this is such a great follow-up to Nate's debut as a ranger and also Steel's debut. Mm-hmm. It's just such a nice follow-up because we get more of Steel's personality, which we didn't see much of in episode eight just because he he debuted we got a little bit of his personality and stuff at the end and that's why i love the opening for this episode was because it was really feeling out Steele's personality i liked it because it really further solidified their whole like brother relationship Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so i I did like that and also steel is just like he's kind of hilarious like in a a totally corny way but he's hilarious i think his humor is really funny especially not fully understanding catchphrases yeah it really reminds me of data from star trek i can see that yeah Teresa and i have been watching star trek the next generation obviously that's what i grew up on but we started with the first season and i've been cherry picking episodes because star trek picard premieres in like the end of january i can't wait so i kind of want to catch her up on that because she really wants to watch picard yeah it looked really interesting and i'm like well you know nothing of the characters so let's do a crash course (laughs) in next generation let's pick the best episodes to showcase (laughs) picard to the point is that really watching some of the early season one episodes steel really reminds me of data like from the first season of next gen and you know pretty much throughout all of next gen where there's phrase that someone will say and he'll totally misconstrue it or take it way too literally 
And that's why I, I really like Steel. The whole bit at the end of the episode where General Burke is like, oh, let's give him a hand. And <laughs> and Steel literally rips off of his hand. I'm like, here yeah. you go. It's stuff like that that's really great. And why the hiatus like ticks me off so much is because there's such a nice story flow that gets broken when you step away for literally, what was it, six months, five months, four months, like May? Too long is what it was. Yeah, May to September. And you have these continuing plot threads. Like, they were still messing with the Cybergate from episode eight and they were still trying to take over Steele's body. And I thought that was going to be more of like a season long plot line, but mm-hmm. I kind of like that this episode just got it out of the way that Evox can't even infect steel because of his unique nature with the human DNA. Yeah. I agree that it was a nice change of pace for them to sort of wrap that up as quick as they did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then that becomes like another plot device for the villains, because instead of just being having a one note plan to, let's say, just capture steel all the time. Now, even the villains have to find out another plan. They have to find another solution. Yeah. And that starts to develop in these other episodes coming up. But I thought this episode had a lot going for it that was really positive for me. I really like Nate's emotion at the possibility of them destroying Steel or taking Steel away from him. I thought that was really solid acting by Abraham Rodriguez. Definitely. Yeah. Like 100%. Yeah, agreed. He was almost on the verge of tears. And I think anyone would feel like that if it's family. He really considers Steel his brother. And I like that they reinforced his feelings about Steel in this episode. And yeah. I like that they've done it early on like this. That was like my favorite, one of my favorite parts of the episode. It's just mm-hmm. emphasizing their relationship. Because we didn't get to see, we got to see some of it in the last episode. But because that was more of an introduction, this just kind of added more onto it. It gave it some more depth. Yeah, this episode definitely gives it more depth and makes that relationship feel a bit more earned than at the end of episode eight. Yeah. I liked that General Burke kind of got like really serious when he saw Nate's emotion because I don't like when authority figures are also played for comedy because General Burke's kids are like that. I don't want him to be like that too. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so when he got pretty serious when, you know, when he saw Nate's reaction and then the sacrifice that Steele was willing to make, it proved to him that, hey, he's more than just a robot. He is part of the mm-hmm. family. Yeah. The one thing I didn't like, and this is just more of the general Burke, like I liked him better in this episode, General Burke, because he was more serious. But, and I don't know if this is an acting choice or a directing choice. Okay. But just how they like play up his mannerisms, like his vocal tone. It's just, he's kind of, he's kind of strange. I will say about the vocal tone. I think there was some serious ADR going on there. Yeah. No, you can tell. 
Yeah, because there was one part, I think it was this episode, because out of the three episodes, he's the only one in it. Yeah, and I noticed that. There's one line where he's kind of facing the camera, but off to the side. There was like a serious, like, mouth didn't match what was coming out of it. Mm. Yeah, and I just... Like something about the characters just not jiving with me. And and this isn't a comment on the actor. Sure. Like his body, but the strangely fitted costume, like it doesn't seem like it's tailored properly. No, it definitely doesn't. And I don't know if that's intentional or it's just weird. It's weird. It doesn't say too many positive things about the costuming department. Yeah. It's almost like the character was originally supposed to be played by someone else. Sure. And like the costume was fitted for someone else and then they cast this guy. At least what I've noticed on the costuming, the uniforms definitely look cheap. They're obviously custom because they're a custom pattern, but it's something I notice on cosplay and stuff that's not very well done or like cheap clothing. But when they do these custom cuts, the seams look puffy if that makes sense you can see the separation of where they folded the two pieces of cloth together and did the seam but it's not very well done like the corners are more puffy because you have all that material the fabric's not like trimmed correctly right 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 so that's definitely evident in productions like power rangers where they have to do the costuming kind of fast and I don't want to say sloppy because that's taking away from the talent of the people that work on the show, but you can tell that they definitely mass produce some of these costumes, especially the uniforms for the people on the base. Mm-hmm. And you're right. I don't think his suit is quite tailored for him. Again, is that a directional choice to make him more like bumbling or we're not supposed to take him seriously. That's the vibe it's giving me. And then he acts all serious sometimes. And it's like, am I supposed to be taking him seriously? Like, I don't, like, what are they going for here? It's kind of a mix of like, yes, we're supposed to take him seriously. But at the same time, he's the father of Ben and Betty. So he has to be kind of a goofball on some level too. Yeah. It's weird. It's a weird it's, choice. It's, it's just the yeah. whole character is weird. They just need to pick one direction and like go with it. Yeah, I definitely feel that. Well, I liked serious General Burke. I mean, oh, sure, yeah. he came off as a jerk because he wanted to mothball steel, but I like that conflict within the organization, like Rangers yeah. versus the higher authority. Mm-hmm. That creates drama. That creates good story tension. But yeah, when he's just kind of like waving at his kids all nicely and then getting back to business, I- I'm not a fan of that. Yeah. It's like, pick one. So I I agree with you, AP. Yeah. Like, I know what they're going for, but then also it's just, I I just can't, you know? Even though it was a Ben and Betty antic, I did like how it was done at the start of this episode when all the workers are, like, cleaning the Zords. So there's the composite of people on top of the Zord, like, cleaning it, and Mm -hmm. they're cleaning it. I thought that effect was well done. Well, you know I'm talking about, right? Where they they oh, introduce yeah. the the Zord Bay. Yeah, I like I like that. Maybe because it brings me back to Lightspeed Rescue a little bit, but Zord yeah. Bays are cool. Zord Bays are awesome, and yeah. I love that we got the shot of the Wrecker Zord and the Jet Zord in this because they look awesome. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, then there's the whole bit about the application that was like, that must have been like four reams of paper. That's like 2,000 pages. It, that's <laughs> ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not a fan of the Ben and Betty moments, only because, again, I like them as characters, but this slapsticky stuff, it becomes too much. I like it when it's more integrated into the episode rather than taking away from it. Like Tools of the Betrayed. I like that they broke Devin's VR headset. Oh, yeah. They were great in this episode. In, the, in that episode. Yeah. In the newest episode. I, and, I, and I loved them in um, episode 10, too. I actually mm-hmm. really liked them in episode 10. Anything else with episode 9 that you guys want to comment on? I like a good morphing sequence. <laughs> so do I. <laughs> I like that Nate keeps his glasses... And the helmet forms over, and he's still got the glasses on. That's a nice detail. If you watch the full morphing sequence, even as the visor is slapping onto the helmet, he's still got the glasses on underneath. I just wish the lightning collection figure did the same thing. So that's why I was going to say. Who's going to be the first to 3D print some... uh... Nate glasses glasses. for the lightning collection. Oh, I'm sure somebody has to have, right? Somebody (laughs) has to have made some quick glasses in a 3D printer. But uh, contact us. Let us know. We'll we'll plug it on the show. (laughs) (laughs) The next episode is episode 10, Thrills and Drills. Ravi must face one of his worst fears when it interferes with his ranger duties. That aired Saturday, September 21st here in the United States. And it premiered in Australia on June 30th, 2019, which is wild because for the longest time, Australia never even aired Power Rangers. And now they're the first ones in the world to (laughs) to premiere an episode. (laughs) So I thought that was pretty funny. Uh, This is written by Becca Barnes and Alan Dale, and it was directed by Oliver Driver. I was looking at the Wikipedia for Beast Morphers. Mm Mm-hmm. They only have Beast Morphers only has three directors for this entire season. They all do like chunks of three episodes. It's pretty crazy. Oh, wow. Yeah, there's literally three directors that they bounce around with. (laughs) This is the first time all five Rangers are seen morphing together as Steel's morphing sequence also debuts in this episode. And this was a note on Ranger Wiki. Zach, you're the bigger Star Wars nerd. I am a huge Star Wars nerd. Did you pick up this reference? I actually did, because, I mean, again, Star Wars, Star Wars, Star Wars. Yeah, when Roxy says this is where the fun begins, that is a verbatim what Anakin Skywalker says in Episode 3, Revenge of the Sith. Like, in the first five minutes of the movie, when he and Obi-Wan are in their Jedi Starfighters, and they're kind of making their way to General oh, Grievous's capital right. ship. And they're they're fighting through the droid army and Anakin just goes, This is where the fun begins. And Roxy says it this episode. Yeah. Okay. And okay. the reason that sticks out to me is because that's one of those quotes that I use, but I usually use it in a very sarcastic manner where like I know something's about to horribly, horribly <laughs> go wrong. Like, oh, we're quadruple booked at work and there's only three of us. This is where the fun begins. <laughs> <laughs> This episode was pretty fun. I liked, I really liked it genuinely. Yeah. I really liked this one too. Cause I also share Ravi's fear of dentists. I'm not same. I'm not huge on, on the dentist thing. I, yeah. 
I hate it. Same, same, absolutely same. I can totally empathize with Ravi on on this because if I go to the dentist, I just kind of have to have a little out of body experience, and then, <laughs> then I'm okay. I think it makes his character more. I was going to say more human, but he. More <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, but you know he's he's less of a stick in the mud. Yeah. He's got like a weakness. His yeah. weakness is dentist. Yeah. <laughs> Heck, I even liked it last episode when he's like, look, I'm the first one that won't disobey an order from from a higher up, but this is Steel that we're talking about here. So I I like that his character is opening up more. Yeah. But no, I really, I genuinely liked this episode. Mm -hmm. Like parts of it were corny as heck, but also it was just genuinely good. It flowed really nicely, and Ben and Betty had like a really good role in the episode too. I just really liked their part in the episode. Yeah, because they helped Ravi go to the dentist. Yeah, yeah, and that gag where like they saw the huge drill, and then the dentist came that was and actually going, played really it, it nicely. Was a really funny joke. Like I genuinely laughed at a at a joke in Power Rangers. Because like you think, because you immediately think. Oh, they're going to have this completely unrealistic dentist drill, but then it's like it was never a dentist drill at all. It's like, oh, hey, your shelves have been built, and yeah. and she was like, hey, is everything all right? He's like, oh yeah, everything's fine. It's just my favorite team lost because it, yeah. it, it, it screamed out like, no, yeah, <laughs> like it was such a a good play. It was of, it was a like, sight gag. Yeah, it was a sight gag, but then also it was not how i was expecting it to go mm-hmm. yeah like power rangers usually does like the big old goofy like goofy things like i was fully expecting that to be like an actual dentist <laughs> like power rangers were yeah. a dentist with a ridiculous drill and it wasn't it wasn't it was just a some dude building some furniture so yeah <laughs> and that's if ben and betty had more humorous scenes like that Give me more of that type of comedy, the situational comedy, the sight gag comedy, not the crap of their face. Because that could have been like, oh, no, the toothpaste. Ah, yeah, or it, whatever. It could easily have been that. Yeah. Thank God it wasn't. <laughs> but I like that they were genuinely sweet in helping Ravi and go to their own family dentist. I thought that was really nice. It was. It was It was cute, and it was nice, and it was a good episode. Like, I think that's why we like Ben and Betty so much, is because they are so kind and so genuine and so well-meaning that even though, yes, they get into these goofball situations where we're just like, uh, again, we, I think we forgive them a little bit more because we can see that they're trying. We've talked about this before, but for me, the difference between, you know, Victor and Monty and Ben and Betty is that... Victor and Monty were jerks. And even though they're doing some of the same kind of gags in terms of things splattering all over them and ridiculous stuff happening and them going, no, and all that stuff. The difference is I like Ben and Betty as characters. We care about them. And they care about the Rangers. Yeah. It's different because we care about them. Yes. Yeah. And because they play a role Mm -hmm. in like the grand scheme of grid battle force and the show and the relationships between characters, like they play more of a role. It was almost like Victor and Monty were like shoehorned in half the time. Right. And it just didn't flow like no. at all. Now this episode begins the plot thread with the villains where Scrozzle introduces these data chips 
And the plan is for Roxy or Blaze to place this data chip on whatever Robotron that they create. And it collects beast data specific to one of the Rangers. So either the Cheetah Speed, Gorilla Strength, or uh, Jackrabbit uh, hopping around. And... <laughs> Sorry. What? Sorry. Sorry, I'm just like... <laughs> So two of them sounded real cool. It's like Gorilla Strength, yeah. Cheetah Speed, Jackrabbit, around. hopping around. <laughs> I forgot what they call it. It wasn't just like... They call it Jackrabbit Jumping Ability. Yeah. Okay. Jackrabbit Jumping Ability. I'm just like <laughs> hopping around. <laughs> uh. Yeah. So in... Was it... How... Oh. Gosh, I'm all over the place. No, so this episode, uh, the uh, Robo Drill monster was created. Robo Drill, Robotron, whatever. Dr- Drill. Drilltron. Drilltron. You were yes. almost there. I was kind of. I was hoping you'd get it. <laughs> and this is one of the ones that they made a figure about. Yeah. Super cool design. Really yeah. liked his design, and I like the subplot of them actually going and using the drainage tunnels for the, like the sewer Mm -hmm. to go under to get the Morphex. And so I thought it was really cool that we got to see Ravi, Nate and steel team up for that. And they got to face their fears together because when Nate was comforting Ravi, uh, when they all learned that he doesn't like Dennis, Nate reveals that even though he loves bugs, He's really afraid of spiders. And I don't know what kind of spider they got for this sequence, but oh my God, when he put that thing down, I don't know if that was some kind of tarantula because usually for shows like this, whenever they do spider, they just get a tarantula that's like Mm semi-trained. But when he put that thing on the ground, it, it was like a hairless tarantula or something. That spider looked gnarly. Yeah. I would I, not uh, want to touch that thing. It, it's, Holy it, crap. It's making my skin crawl right now just talking about, oh, I hate spiders. Oh, man. Don't look up a wolf spider then. Don't. I, I'm not going to do that ever at all. <laughs> I, I'm never going to look up spiders willingly on, on my own free time. But yeah, it was nice to have that sort of interaction where Nate was like, oh, okay, uh, spider, I don't have time to be scared. I have to take care of business. So pick up, yoink. Okay, it's done. Now I can freak out about it later. Having Ravi see that as like, oh, okay, well, if he can do that, then I can I can deal with drill. This is no problem. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I do like that it was a, a big drill as the monster. I wish they played yeah. into that a little more. Like... Ravi has to be constantly reminded of that. I mean, kind of, but I think they could have leaned into it more to to really sell it. But going back to that sewer scene, the filming and direction of that scene was fantastic. When you've got all three of them kind of like lined up behind each other at an angle like that, and then doing the Insta morph, I love that shot. Mm-hmm. This one, they they collected the the gorillas. Yeah, the gorilla strength. Yeah, the gorilla because strength. Because Ravi got up close and personal. He's like, all right, it's time to end this. And he got super strong, and that's when the data chip collected the, the gorilla strength. Yes. Data. I think that's really cool because in the next episode, they collect the jackrabbit jumping ability. Hopping around. 
Um, <laughs> so I, I kind of like this dynamic that it sets up with the villains because now Evox and Scrozzle have basically made this a competition between Roxy and Blaze because the quote unquote winner will get all three of the beast powers. Mm-hmm. So I like that the villain story is continuing. I really like Scrozzle. I like that he essentially had to, or no, that's the next episode, but I just like that they're setting up this kind of this new arc for the villains. And I'm pretty sure they're still going to try and make Evox have a body, but for the meantime, I like that they're trying a different tactic against the Rangers. It's not just about stealing more effects. It's also, here's a new plan. Yeah, and, and I was going to say, it's nice to see the villains have a plan that they're actually competent with and they're kind of mm-hmm. succeeding with. Like, this is going to spell trouble. If they manage to get all three of the Rangers' beast abilities and transfer them into one... Uh, either it's Blaze or Roxy or whoever, like that's going to be a real challenge for the Rangers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we're kind of getting into that territory now where, you know, middle of the season, a lot of people say, oh, this is where the fillers happen. I just like that. Now we're getting these ongoing plots, not just with the Rangers, but with the villains. And this season has done a good job with that from the beginning. We have things that are recurring and building and previously mentioned, and it's all kind of building up. And I like that sense of continuity within the show itself. It doesn't all feel disjointed where if something happens, it's not going to matter two episodes from now. So that's something I I really appreciated with, with this episode. (laughs) And was this the episode where Roxy said perfecto or was that the next one? I don't know. I just really liked when she said that. I, that was great. I think it was this one. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I watched episode 11 today and I don't remember her saying perfecto. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But for whatever reason, I thought that was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I love blaze and Roxy. I think they're great. Like the last episode. Yeah. So nine when, you know, blaze makes that big flourish with his hands, like tronics, I just, I, I really like the uh, over-the-top kind of villain modes. Oh, yeah. I agree wholeheartedly. Mm-hmm. Uh, Blaze and Roxy are a lot of fun as villains, and it's, it's fun to see them, even when they're not winning, they're still entertaining. It's fun yeah. to have human, I mean, they're not human, they're avatars, but, like, human actor villains again. Like, yeah, that's fun. It, like, they have actual facial expressions. An attitude. Yeah. yeah. They're not just, like, rubber suits. <laughs> <laughs> With the Neo Saban era, that's all we had was like costumed mm-hmm. villains. Yeah. And yeah, like this feels like an older Power Rangers series where you've got like a human faced villain. It's a lot of fun. It adds that variety that I think we've been missing a lot. Mm-hmm. And then we get to episode 11 Tools of the Betrayed, an innocent lie leads to a break in trust between the Power Rangers. This episode features the debut of the Wrecker Zord Battle Mode and the Striker Megazord. And this aired September 28th, 2019 here in the States. And in Australia, it debuted worldwide uh, July 7th, 2019. Ran by Becca Barnes and Alan Dale with teleplay by 
Johnny Hartman, and this was also directed by Oliver Driver. So I think out of the three, this was my favorite. Hmm. This one definitely had a very complex, bordering on, I would say, an adult storyline with the whole, uh, you know, um, uh, oh God, Zoe. I wanted to call her AP, and I'm like, no, not that's not that's our joke. <laughs> <laughs> But with with Zoe wanting to help out Ben and Betty by covering for them, and then, of course, that led to a huge misunderstanding, which, you know, stuff like that happens in real life. You can be good friends with somebody, and through a a series of circumstances, stuff can happen. So, like, to see that in in a kid's show, kind of cool. Yeah, I really liked how they utilized... Ben and Betty in this episode, of course, you know, them stumbling around, Devin leaves them with his newly acquired VR headset and that VR on the side of the box suspiciously looked like the logo for VR troopers. It was like the same kind of positioning in the VR troopers logo. I didn't notice. I'm going to have to go back and look. Not sure if it was the same font, but I was like, okay. That would I be see- a hell of an Easter egg. I was like, okay, I, I see you, v- I, I see you, Beast Morphers. I see you. <laughs> I really like that, even though I hated... God, they could have just cut it out. They could have cut out the stupid treadmill bit where the milkshake flies back into Ben's face and it's like orange Nickelodeon slime. I, I hate it. I, I hate it yeah. so much. They could have just did the VR thing and maybe gave us like a minute or two more of like battle. Um, But other than that, wasn't that from the last episode though? Was it? Yeah, that wasn't in this episode. Oh, well then I hated it in the last episode. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, wait a second. Oh yeah. That's another thing I wanted to bring up. They kind of mentioned it. Like one dude kind of like questions steel in episode nine when they're going to the, the youth center or whatever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But and now everyone's just fine with it. Yeah. Everyone's just fine with steel. Just kind of being out in the open. Like I, I really didn't like that. I don't like that. It's, it's weird for sure, but I mean, it's, it's power Rangers. They, they kind of have to hand wave it. I wish they didn't. Um, right. I was thinking about that too today. Cause mm-hmm. in the episode that I was watching today, episode 12, which we'll get to, I know, but like, Everyone's just cool with this robot walking around like it's Yeah, that's the, <laughs> like, I was I was going to mention that too, but I'm so glad you guys did. I'm like like what is up with that? Like, hey, these teenagers hang out with that robot. That robot turns into a Power Ranger. <laughs> Those teenagers hang out dot, with that dot, robot. Dot. To, yeah, like like hello, can we put two and two together? <laughs> Wait, they're all isn't... they're all kind of fighting each other and training. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. what is this robot? Like, why is no one, like, afraid of it? But yeah. then I remember like, Megaforce. would you not be afraid of that a talking, like, humanoid robot? Like, that's just creepy. But then I remember Megaforce and Robo Knight was kind of just walking around everywhere. No one seemed to give a crap. That's so true. I mean, I mean, <laughs> I mean Megaforce was a To be fair, thing. no one really gave a crap about Megaforce, so. <laughs> like, even the people were like, oh, what are you, some kind of superhero? <laughs> remember that remember that line <laughs> i wish i didn't <laughs> yeah 
But no, I, I really like Tools of the Betrayed. The lie that Zoe told kept building up mm-hmm. because when they were placing the detectors around the city and they came back to the base, Ben and Betty and Zoe, and they came back with ice cream like, oh, we did a job well done. And they're like, no, you didn't. Your stuff wasn't even set up. They had a hard time believing Zoe. And so it was just the consequences of the lie. And I like that Devin, obviously Devin figured it out on his own because he saw the bruises that Ben and Betty had. I think he was more hurt that she lied to him than he was upset about the VR glasses. Yeah. I think Devin was justified in, in being angry. There's just, I feel that sometimes he overreacts yeah yeah he kind of walked past ben and betty like after you know they had to go and it was kind of like not even acknowledging them and i think it was nate or whoever was last i was like all right yeah sorry guys and they kind of left to to do the ranger stuff i'm glad it all worked out in the end though mm-hmm. i think Devin's character like we, we get it he's a hothead sometimes um, but sometimes in the moment he just gets like, I think overly fired up to the point that it kind of blinds him a little bit. I think he's just trying to be a good leader. Like he was always kind of characterized as more of a slacker at the beginning. And then he just became the leader of like this elite fighting superhero power ranger group. And I think he's just trying his hardest. He's trying to be a good authority figure but he's but not he's still an experience yes yeah yeah yes. yeah i can see that i like that they kind of pointed out that yeah he would have been angrier at ben and betty if it was just them mm-hmm. that he found out it was just them so i think zoe covering for them i think that was a very nice move on her part but then it's kind of like a double lesson like yeah you really shouldn't lie to your friends But at the same time, try to be a little bit more understanding of the situation Mm -hmm. when stuff like that happens. Yeah. And it was because of the events of the last episode, because of the underground Drilltron, that the Gigadrone was attacking them from under the street, which I thought was really cool. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So because of that, it kind of forced them to really start developing these detectors. But I think if you look at them funny, they fall apart. <laughs> so hopefully those are just prototypes and they'll uh, they'll develop a better, uh, secure, and maybe less obvious <laughs> Giga Drone detector network. Yeah, I network. like the commander's line about just make sure that, you know, you stick them where the public aren't going to see them and freak out about them. Right. I just, I really like the teamwork and kind of some of the innovations there. Yeah. The Wrecker Zord battle mode is awesome. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's, it's cool. It is. I love it. It totally gives me a light speed rescue vibe when the ladder becomes the arms, like it goes through the torso and just becomes the arms. Mm-hmm. That's such a light speed vibe for me. <laughs> I really I, I get just, I just get light speed vibes all around with this season. Oh, maybe, maybe that's why I love it so much. It's the spy that like, I mean, I know they're not spies, but it's still a spy theme. We're not getting past that. I like the theme. I like the suits. I like the light speed vibes. 
I forgot to mention, but in Silver Sacrifice, that was very much uh, very similar to Lightspeed Rescue's uh, Cyborg Rangers episode. Mm -hmm. Both have generals who make hasty decisions only to realize that they've made a mistake. Yep. And Tools of the Betrayed, I also really loved the concept of the monster, even though he was made from a wrench. I like that he had a gun that basically broke things. Yeah. That, <laughs> that was, was really cool. Unique. And it's fun to see them like really play around with the props and like the morphers and the transport devices get destroyed. Mm-hmm. Like de- like de- deconstruct the technology a bit. Yeah. And was it this episode or the episode before where blaze no it was this episode blaze the they destroyed the robotron computer yeah mm-hmm. but i wish that was a longer plot thread because then roxy had one to make this monster <laughs> so it was kind of like oh yeah that's cool they destroyed one and then even uh, even they even have nate's, <laughs> yeah even nate said that oh, wow, this will give us some time to work on, you know, some technology and kind of catch up. Yeah. Uh, But not that much time, apparently. But yeah, I think this was my favorite of these three, just because I really liked the scenes with Zoe and Ben and Betty and and Devin. Mm -hmm. And plus the... The Zords are so cool. The Zords are really I I love the the Scarab Jet Zord. Yes. It's it's cool. I, I, I like a I'm a fan of like jet transformers. One of my favorite transformers is Thundercracker. And like mm-hmm. I like planes that turn into stuff. It's cool. So I like his sword a lot. Well, I really like the shot in this episode where the Wrecker Zord in battle mode is running and the jet flies in front of it. Yeah. And it kind of blurs the background a bit. Yeah. Like it really looked well, as realistic as Power Rangers can make giant robots look. <laughs> but no, it was just that it was just a really good shot. And I know that comes from uh, the Sentai Go Busters, which I always liked their Megazord sequences because they were always like super polished and filmed a little bit more realistically, like, mm-hmm. you know, lower shots, lower angle shots and you know, more practical effects. So yeah. I really dug that whole Megazord sequence. It was cool. I couldn't say it better. <laughs> uh, any additional thoughts for this episode or any of the three that, that we commented on? I was going to say for, for episode 11, I really like that they included Ben and Betty in it in the way that they're like, Hey, we have to go deploy these trackers. Each ranger take one Ben and Betty. You guys team up and take the leftover one because we have six of them and there's only five rangers. So, like, it's nice that they included them, you know, in a ranger task, even though they're not rangers. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And they're still competent. They still do all these jobs at the base, whether it's cleaning Megazords or security or in the Zord bays or whatever they do. They're still a part of the team. And I like that because, you know, maybe because of nepotism, because of their dad being the general, they get to work more closely with the Rangers, but they're also depicted as friends of the Rangers and Mm -hmm. they're part of that bigger family. So I like that they're kind of in the inner circle with the Rangers. Yeah. 
they're not bumbling around on the outside like some of the comic relief characters. So we asked our listeners, and I can't say thank you enough to our listeners. I put this out very early in the morning today, knowing that we had to record tonight. I was expecting, you know, one or two answers, but, you know, posting it on our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Oh, wow. uh, We got a really big response. Yes. So I love when our listeners come through like this for us especially on such short notice. So once again, we, we always can't thank you enough for participating and, and sticking around for our content. So uh, we asked after the hiatus, has Beast Morphers lived up to your expectations? Why or why not? So on Twitter, Edward Sanchez at Edward is the man said, yes, because Beast Morphers gets better and better with each episode. And I love all of the characters. My favorite is Steel. He's so awesome, and I can't wait for season two. Nose for Scott Dew, Return to Zombie Island, at Digi Ranger 1994. Set. Nose for Scott Dew? <laughs> <laughs> like Nosferatu. Yeah. Oh my God. He said, uh, said, seeing what I have of the later episodes, it has. I haven't seen everything that's not reached America yet, but what I have is piecemeal and very exciting so now my concerns with season two considering dino supercharges precedent i trust it will be better and i can't wait jerusalem garcia jordan at lulubug cosplay said beast morphers has blown the neo saban era away dino charge comes close though there's balance hasbro's off to a strong start as a latina texan i love that there's two texans on the cast one from my city and that there's three latinx on the cast I can't remember the last time that happened in Power Rangers. Yeah, the diversity in just not only Beast Morphers, but even Ninja Steel and Dino Charge. Casting-wise, I think Chip Lynn as a producer has done a really good job of keeping the cast diverse Mm -hmm. and keeping true to what Power Rangers has always been. Yeah. And not in a weird way, like what they did with samurai to mega force. Oh, you mean uh, in samurai when they're all descended from Japanese people and they're all different. No, like how the Asian girl was pink and the white girl was yellow. And then the black guy was blue. And then like, yeah, how they had, how they carried over the same, almost the same like archetype. Like that was diverse, but it was not great. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Von Bomba at Mr. Cooper 92 said Beast Morphers has lived up to my expectations and then some with the current episodes that have aired and the Australian episodes. I can see it being a worthy competitor for my top 10 seasons. The character moments really do sell the show and I can't wait for season two to drop. Alistair McDowell at Alistair McDowell one said absolutely love the show. It's been amazing. Matt Hunt at the real Matt Hunt said have enjoyed the show thoroughly. I think the writers are still guilty of forcing a bit too much of the side character comedy, but for the most part, the show really works. Chanu at Lurie at Chanu underscore at Lurie 97 said, I've watched all 22 episodes of Beast Morphers and it did live up to my expectations. It's certainly better than Dino Supercharge in my opinion. 
Also, the finale left me with a lot of questions. You want to know a massive cliffhanger, and I hope it pays off good. If season two is significantly better than season one, and if the Dino team up and RPM crossover are good, Beast Morphers has the potential to become a top five Power Rangers season. And let me just say, we get it. All the episodes are already out there. They're already in Australia. We have not tweeted about any of the spoilers. We don't do that. That's always been our longstanding stance. Mm -hmm. We review the episodes as they come out here in America. We just think that's fair to our listeners and to people who don't want to be spoiled. Sure, there's other podcasts out there that have already talked about the entire season, but look, at the time of this recording, we still have nine more episodes of this show to go that will carry us into December. So I'd rather keep that hype train going for Beast Morphers. And that way, to me, it's like, do you want to take the hiatus in the summer or do you want to watch all of them through the summer as they air internationally? And then you're waiting longer until February. So... Would you rather take the pain now or later? That's that's <laughs> how I see international spoilers. No, it's true. Yeah, no, it is. Do you want to wait a longer wait in the middle of the season or in between seasons? That's how I see it. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Martin at Terrence for Forema 7 said, Much, much better than the crap we got in Neo Saban era. Beast Morphers has me wanting more after each episode. Hassan Ahmed at Hassan Ahmed 120 said, This may be a bit preemptive since I've seen the whole season, but I really enjoyed it. The season continues to ramp up until the end, and there are some great moments. Master Rappa Pumpkin Rapper at Green Ranger Dawn said, Still solid even after the break. Steals a real scene stealer whenever he pops up. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, Bor L at Titanium T Gray said, could be better to be honest. Not horrible, but I was hoping for time force and RPM quality. At Excel Hedge says, don't know yet because the delayed release on Netflix is still annoying. Yeah, I guess it's not on Netflix yet. Yeah. In the first part of the season. So I hear you. Adam at Little Adam 87 said, yes, the quality from pre-hiatus has been maintained. This season truly feels like a return to form for Power Rangers. It's difficult for me to pick a favorite character because they're all engaging, though I'm really enjoying the brotherly bond of Nate and Steel. Quantum Surge at Quantum underscore Surge 64 said, I'm still enjoying Beast Morphers. Though I wish some Twitter pages wouldn't spoil stuff directly on the platform and instead put everything in their websites. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Shots fired. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Halloween Master 59 at Trimineo underscore man says, yes, it had lived up to my expectations and I'm enjoying the show. Plus, I love the Ben and Betty gags. See, some people like them. Some people do. I don't, but that doesn't mean you can't. <laughs> Uh, Steve Martinez at Steve Martinez 90 said, I think so. It has definitely given a bit of fresh air to the franchise after the last few years. Have to say, Steel is pretty funny the way the suit actor expresses himself just with his movements. I can't wait for Jason's return. Joshua Aaron Moore at Kentucky Jam said, I've only gotten to watch two episodes, premiere and I think 10, but what I've seen seems incredible compared to the last couple of years. I feel more comfortable commenting about the increased optimism slash 
good feeling among the fan base since Beast Morphers has come into the fold. Love it. Also, the toy line for the show seems to have taken a step in the right direction. Not buying everything, but what I've bought, action figures, has been impressive, especially for the price point. Mason T. Merrill at Mason Merrill said it's definitely living up to the expectations, being so low already, but I will say that there's the filler episode lull definitely going on right now, hopefully building towards some big things for the series. I've only seen what Nickelodeon has aired stateside and have avoided spoilers. Midwest Tokusatsu said, What's up, guys? Noah from Midwest Toku. I'd say that it's definitely a step in the right direction towards fixing the show, but it has a way to go if it wants to start appealing to a wider audience. Some of the humor, like the obvious Ben and Betty, is a bit much and tends to clash with the tone a lot of the time. Kevin Travers said, I like the season a lot, but I still don't like Steel. I feel like he pulls away from the story and they focus less on the red, blue, and yellow's development. It can get better for sure. Still enjoy the season a bunch. Emmanuel Cobian said, I enjoyed the season. Episode 14 is my favorite. Wait, I mean, I hope episode 14 is good. (laughs) (laughs) Nice save, Emmanuel. Nice save. (laughs) Isabel Branwen said, I haven't gone to see much. I don't get Nickelodeon. But from what I've seen, it has exceeded my expectations. I watched Go Busters when that show aired. Um, William Bowling said, sadly, I feel like it greatly falls short. Maybe because I'm just an old school ranger who can't really vibe with this new stuff via Megaforce and Onward, and have come to enjoy and prefer the slightly more serious Super Sentai counterpart. But it feels like it drives the campy derp factor up too high. Also, it really bugs me that the main villain is a virus who gets a body and uses known allies of the rangers, Roxine Blaze, in an eerily similar plot to RPM, or Vengex used Tanaya Seven, who turns out was Black, Ranger Black Dylan's sister. Raz Pai said, It's okay. Not great, but not the worst we've seen from Power Rangers. People hype it up a lot, but in my opinion, it's not that drastically different from Neo Saban. Over on Instagram, this is Jeremy Zapp said, It still has room for improvement. There's some residue of previous. Uh, Neo Saban seasons, that's that's a word, uh, residue. Uh, <laughs> there's some residue of previous Neo Saban seasons, but it's a breath of fresh air and is a step in the right direction. Andre Asunte said, it has surpassed my expectations. I expected more of what we've been getting with Ninja Steel and Supercharge, but I'm happy to be wrong. From the first episode when we got the nod to continuity with the name drop of Rita and Galvanex, I've been surprised and pleased. Yeah, so overall, I think uh, we've got a pretty good mix of opinions. Right now, just from you know what I've seen, I do like the direction of where the season is headed, and I'm very interested to see more. I will agree with uh, Emmanuel Cobian about episode 14, because that's the one I watched, because everyone and their mother was, was hyping that when that came up in Australia. Uh, that's definitely one to look out four it's it's very nice (laughs) um we actually got a question from one of our listeners in ranger nation uh this is from kevin travers who commented on facebook uh from his previous comment i just extracted that from uh from his comment and put it here uh are you guys still playing legacy wars on mobile 
Yes. I took a very long break, mm. but recently mm. started again. And yes, I am still playing Legacy Wars. I am still playing. I'm not as active as I was previously, but like AP, there's kind of a period where I wasn't playing it at all for a while. Uh, but I'm also back into playing it. I love some of the new characters that they've dropped mm-hmm. recently. I, I think it's uh, very nice. I'm glad that Enway is still supporting the game, even with all that they got going on with Battle for the Grid. I unlocked the new Megazord from the movie. Yep. That is a lot of fun. I really enjoy the changes they've made to the raid system yes. and the leveling system. I think stage leveling system. Yes, they did. It made the game so much better. Yeah, that's part of the new version 2.6 release. Mm -hmm. You can actually find that on their blog at Play Legacy Wars. They've done some great balancing work. They have the new leveling system that AP mentioned. They're still supporting the game. I mean, we got a new Megazord, even if it was just a promo. So if any of our listeners want to join in on the Alliance. We have one spot. Yeah, we've got one spot left. I but guess. I'm probably going to kick some people who haven't played in a while. Just a warning. Okay. Just a warning to you listeners who are in our yes Legacy Wars Alliance. If you want to stay, log on and like donate someone like one shard or something so that I know you're like still there. Yeah. So you you heard it here first. Um, But yeah, you can look up Ranger Command and the alliances. Check us out on there. Join us. Donate. I think when we're all pretty active, we do a good job of donating to everyone. Yeah. We go through like hundreds upon hundreds of donations. Yeah. Yeah. And we do really well in donations myself. And I'll probably log on later tonight. Me too. We do really well in Megazord events. Um, shout out, yes. shout out to everyone who isn't me because I'm terrible at Megazord events, <laughs> but like yeah. some of our Alliance members really like bring it and we've been doing, we, as in like these like four people have been doing very well <laughs> in our, uh, in Megazord events. So we've been ranking like pretty high. Yeah. We've been doing a, a pretty good job and yeah. Shout outs to everyone in our Alliance, uh, because yeah, we're doing a really good job in it. And we're doing uh, well in the raids too. That's my favorite one. I rock at those by the way, not to like to my own horn, but yeah, the last raid I kind of joined in late. I was like, Oh man, someone's like already wiped the floor with half of the bracket. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, uh, great job. So, yeah, in podcast-related announcements, I just want to say a few things. In a month, we'll be at Ranger Stop Mm -hmm. in Orlando, Florida, all three of us. We're going to have a blast. Join us. If you listen to the show, if you're going to be at Ranger Stop and you see two fat dudes and a, a girl in a no light mask. speed <laughs> yellow mask. That's us. We'll be in Ranger <laughs> command shirts. Come say hi to us. We'll be around. If we do anything at the show, like a meetup or gathering of some kind, we're going to let you know, we'll plan all that closer to the show. So stay tuned for that. We're really excited to go to Ranger stomp. They just announced Nick Sampson, Mystic oh, wow. Force Yellow. I didn't even see that one. They, oh, wow. 
they announced him today. They've got the wow. three dudes or the four dudes from Mystic Force. That's amazing. Because John Tui. Oh wow. Yep. Nick Sampson. So I am super excited to meet him. He was actually in Chicago a couple months back uh for some comedy thing, but I didn't know about it and it was too little too late. So I'm very excited to have a, another chance to meet him uh, this year. I think that's going to be awesome. Yeah. He's a genuinely like funny dude too. Yeah. He's, he's super funny. Yeah. And I like his character on, on the show. I, yeah. I love chip. Yeah. So we'll be at Ranger stop yeah. and it's going to be great. November 8th through 10th. Mm-hmm. And wow, that's like a month away. <laughs> we got a lot to do. Um, so yeah, we'll be at Ranger Stop. Also, we still have our contest going on until October 26th for the San Diego Comic-Con two-pack with the Mighty Morphin Red Ranger with Dragon Shield and the Zeo Gold Ranger. So make sure that you follow us, that you retweet that tweet, and then you let us know your dream ranger in the legacy collection or dream item in terms of prop or helmet or whatever. So definitely check that contest out and that's it. Anything else that you guys want to plug or mention? Um, watch Batwoman. <laughs> I was just going to say, yeah. <laughs> Batwoman's really good. It's uh, so good. The episode of the flash tonight was really good. <laughs> No, but Batwoman was really good. Even if you don't, because let me just say, I was not a fan of Ruby Rose. I have not liked her in anything else I've seen her in. But she is, like, awesome on Batwoman. Like, this is coming from someone who really was not a fan of her. Like, at all. She's, like, born to be Batwoman. So. That's awesome. That's great praise. Mm-hmm. And plus the big crossover, they're doing something. I don't oh, know. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the crisis on infinite earths. Yes, oh, yeah. with all the supermen that I could ever want. And they just oh. released a photo today of both Lois Lanes together, and I'm like, what? Oh, geez. Oh, I'm, I'm going to have to check that out. Okay. Well, we got a lot of catching up to do, so... Uh, Ranger Nation, let us know what you think. If you have questions, you can email us at rangercommandpowerhour at gmail.com or you can check us out at rangercommand.com. We're on Twitter at rangercommandph. We're on Facebook and Instagram at rangercommandpowerhour, all one word. And then we're going to have a new episode every Saturday of this month. So check that out. I think the next one we're doing, we're actually doing an episode commentary. It will be our biggest episode commentary ever, where we will be watching the entire Green with Evil saga. Mm-hmm. 26 years after it debuted. <laughs> it's get ready for a heck of an episode. Yeah. Yeah. Get your dragon flutes ready, because here we go. That was odd. Okay. <laughs> so thank you once again to all of our listeners for listening. I literally just waved my hand uh, right there. No, no one can see that. Audio podcast, Eric. Audio podcast. Yes. <laughs> so again, we can't thank our listeners enough. If you enjoy our content, uh, please rate us on your podcast app of choice. It helps us out and we greatly appreciate any feedback. So thank you all. And We'll catch you next time. Bye. Bye, everyone. See ya. Yeah, you get to get some water. You're fine.
because now we can have the Zach and AP uh, CW TV show sidebar. Yes! Oh that my god. Woman. That woman was so good. I can't wait to see more. Oh my gosh. The one thing I don't like is the official Batwoman Twitter retweeted me. The one whole tweet I posted about the premiere. They retweeted it, and I've been getting, like, trolls. Like, oh, up, up the wazoo. Like, trolls just... everywhere. And funny thing, mm-hmm. like, every single one of them is, like, raving about the Joker movie. So who knows? Of course. Um... Um... <laughs> Well, I was going to say, because I, I tweeted about it, I was like, it was hella dope or whatever I said, and I didn't, like, the the writer liked my tweet, and I'm just like, okay, I'm going to freak out now, because you're the writer of the show, and I'm just some guy who likes the show. <laughs> um. Also, Flash Tonight, best use of Queen ever. That was great. I literally, like, I jumped out of my seat. I'm like, oh my god, are they actually going to use, what, what? Them how many seasons to do that? Well, I, I love that I, Cisco had the line about it. He's like, I've been waiting. Okay, he's back. You've been listening to the Ranger Command Power Hour, only on the Four-Eyed Radio Network. You can catch a new episode every other Saturday. Find us on the Morphin Grid at www.rangercommand.com. Follow us on Twitter at RangerCommandPH. Like us on Facebook and Instagram at RangerCommandPowerHour. Ranger Command is also on Patreon. Become a patron by pledging as much or as little as you like every month and receive cool perks. By pledging, you are helping us make our show even better. Go to patreon.com slash rangercommandph to learn more. Thanks for listening.